Hello, friend, and welcome to Daily Treasure, a devotional podcast by Sharon Betters, produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. I'm your narrator, Jane Ann Wilson, and this week's guest writer is our friend Jennifer Holder. And today's devotional is The Man of Life, Rest. Today's treasure is He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Psalm 23, verses 2 and 3. Rest. Lord, today I need rest. Your kind of rest that doesn't wear out as the day wears long. I'm already at the end of what I have available to me, and I haven't even left my bedside. Yet, you promise rest. So here I am, collecting my day's worth, knowing you are faithful to fulfill what you promise as the restorer of my soul. While I desperately felt my need for rest during our family's crisis with my husband's mental health, I often struggled to choose it. It was easier to put my hands to work doing anything other than wait patiently for God or sift through my emotions of loss and grief and face our realities. But we must choose rest or eventually our bodies and minds will choose for us. When I refused to choose real rest, I developed several stress-related health issues that still plague me today. Convincing ourselves of the need for rest isn't the difficult part. Convincing ourselves to actually choose it is. And rest is more than sleep. The rest we need in life, especially in a crisis, goes much deeper than physical rest. The rest God offers is soul rest. Believe it or not, rest is a part of the manna lifestyle. God wove rest Sabbath rest into the rhythm of receiving manna for the Israelites. On the sixth day, God provided a double portion for each person to account for their day of rest on the seventh day. Once again, there was an opportunity to overcollect or undercollect, to hoard or consume, to trust or not trust. Some of them had not yet adopted this new rhythm and they showed up on the Sabbath with confused looks, ready to gather their food only to find there was nothing there. God had already provided for their needs the day before to give them the opportunity to exercise their faith muscle in a new rhythm. Choosing to rest in God's divine provision was another way to communicate to themselves and to God that they trusted Him. Not only did God Himself model rest as a part of the rhythm of life after the creation story in Genesis, But it's difficult to find a time in all of Scripture where God appears to be in a hurry. Haste, hurriedness, and busyness are all opposed to rest. Isaiah 28.16 has this little nugget of truth tucked in a larger discussion about God's sovereignty, saying, Simply, whoever believes will not be in haste. In fact, The only time I have found God represented in Scripture as being in a hurry is in Luke as the father of the prodigal son who runs to meet his son returning home. The enormity of God's love for his lost child is the only thing that compels God to be in a hurry. Another part of receiving the rest of God is embracing the restoration he gives. It is a choice to live healed and whole, one that takes intentionality. In Mark 5.34, Jesus tells a woman he had just healed of her long-term illness, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. 
Mark 5.34. He addresses her healing using multiple verb tenses. Has made conveys that this physical healing is done once and for all and will never need to be repeated. Go and be are both written in the active present tense and address the emotional component of embracing peace and wholeness now and in the future. Like this woman, we need all three stages to fully embrace the wholeness Jesus offers. I believe rest is similar. We already have access to the rest God offers. We can choose to walk in the peace of that rest and then be restored, leaning into the energy, wholeness, and life-giving power that rest provides when we are trusting in God. Where are you in the rest process? Do you need to embrace the healing and rest that is already yours? Do you need to acknowledge the peace that rest offers for today? Do you need to move forward in that restored state, knowing God will continue to fuel and refill your soul as the needs arise? During our family's crisis, sometimes all I could manage was breathing. I would run to a quiet place in the house, sit, and simply breathe with Jesus. Four counts in. Hold for four counts. Exhale for four counts. I believe, Jesus. Help my unbelief. I would pray as I slowly inhaled and exhaled. Or I would repeat, Into your hands, my loving Lord, as I leaned into the rest God had for me. I would imagine green pastures beside still waters and tried to feel the restoring of my soul as I allowed my shepherd to guide me. Father, thank you for manna, provided moment by moment, even the peace that can come from breathing in and whispering, be still, and breathing out with the words, and know that I am God. You gently invite me to rest in you. May today be filled with the manna of rest. Amen. Well, friends, as we travel along this pathway with Jenny, I know that um, there are many who are uh, readers and listeners to the Help and Hope podcast who are struggling, struggling with really hard places. And even though your circumstances may be different than Jenny's, you know that the principles are true and they apply to wherever you are walking by faith, wherever God has placed you. We have a a special place in our heart also for those who are parents of a prodigal child. We have had the privilege of talking with Barbara Giuliani and Janian Wilson on this very topic. They talked about mothers, shame, regrets, and freedom. It was was such a great conversation that we decided we had to have part two with Barbara. Uh, Jane and I appreciated so much her wisdom Barbara and her father, Jack Miller, co-authored Come Back, Barbara, which is a raw and transparent story of Barbara's rebellion against her parents and their faith and her journey back home. What, What joy we can experience when we hear of a prodigal child that comes back home. But whenever a child rebels or disappoints parents, mothers often feel ashamed and as though their child's behavior is a reflection on their parenting skills. You know, was I too soft? Was I too hard? Did I spank when I shouldn't have? What did I do wrong? Where do moms go with these feelings? Well, I'm telling you, if you're a mother, you've had those feelings, whether you have a prodigal child or not. 
And in this conversation, I know that you're going to hear words that will encourage you from women who know what it is to struggle with those emotions. So go to helpandhopenow.org, check the Help and Hope link, and look for our conversation with Barbara Giuliani, Hope for the Parents of a Prodigal Child. Thank you so much for joining us for the Daily Treasure podcast, and especially for this special time with our guest writer, Jenny Holder. We're so grateful for the way God brings us together. We link arms and walk by faith together. I'm Sharon Betters, and I look forward to being with you tomorrow.